Good morning and welcome to Husky Nation News here on WHUS Stores 91.7 FM. This broadcast is in collaboration with the UConn newspaper, The Daily Campus, and UConn student-run TV station, UCTV. I'm your host, Sophia Scorziello. Let's get into this week's happenings at UConn. In 2014, former UConn soccer player Noriana Wadron's scholarship was revoked mid-year after she gave the middle finger to ESPNU cameras. In 2016, she sued, and now a part of her lawsuit is undergoing summary judgment, reported by Luke Hydash for the Daily Campus. Rodwan was never given a public hearing before her scholarship was rescinded, which goes against NCAA laws. At the time of the incident, Rodwan was celebrating a victory with her team. This wasn't serious misconduct. This was a joke, her attorney Greg Tyrone said. The summary judgment's findings are said to be released in two to four months. For the second time in just four years, UConn has earned its title as a top producer of Fulbright U.S. scholars from research universities, reported by Amanda Killick for Daily Campus. According to the Global Affairs website, the Fulbright program is the government's flagship international education exchange program. Scholars are selected for their academic merit and leadership potential with the opportunity to exchange ideas and contribute to finding solutions to shared international concerns. Six UConn faculty members are currently abroad pursuing scholar research abroad. UConn alum and scholarship fellow Omar Tawet received a Fulbright grant to research pediatric refugee mental health service improvisations in Jordan. Tawet said being granted the Fulbright grant allowed him to break from his focus on science to learn and inform healthcare policy to support those most affected by global crises. He chose UConn because of its costs and the global opportunities it offered him. For more information about the Fulbright Scholars, you can attend Fulbright Week here at UConn, April 13th through April 17th. Dr. Renka Marik, UConn's Vice President for Research, Innovation, and Entrepreneurship, was formally inducted earlier this year as an American Association for the Advancement of Science Fellow, Luke Hydash reported for the Daily Campus. Marik has made breakthroughs with longtime research on energy-efficient alternatives for traditional internal combustion engines. With the help of her research, Marik invented a synthesis process that reduces materials and instead optimizes interfaces to maximize power out of fuel cells themselves. For machines that run off electricity, charging would now be replaced with hydrogen being pumped into the car. The goal of this is to have less material and more power so the cost of the fuel cells will go down. She hopes to apply this idea to even greater things and make it more accessible to the public. Mark was nominated for this work by three of her colleagues. And of course, UConn held their annual Huskython this weekend, an 18-hour dance marathon that helped raise money for the Connecticut Children's Medical Center. Olivia Hickey reported on the event for the Daily Campus, reporting that over 3,000 students participated in over 100 teams and surpassed last year's donation record. So how much did UConn actually raise for the kids? $1,520,234.98. This event included games and activities for children treated at the hospital to participate in alongside UConn students, as well as performances by music and dance groups at, on campus. One of Husky Thon's morale captain, Aaron Sheridan, told Hickey that she gets involved because kids deserve to outlive just being kids. Kids should know that people care, she said. All kids deserve to be healthy. A few weeks ago, Wuss reporter Ali Cavarnos attended the Lunar New Year celebration here on campus and got to experience a myriad of Asian traditions, including the infamous lion dance. Here she is with more about the night. The University of Connecticut's Pine
Chinese Undergraduate Student Association and Vietnamese Student Association hosted the Lunar New Year celebration on February 8th. There were performances by both professionals and students, and food was provided to those who attended. Annie Gao, president of the Chinese Undergraduate Student Association, also known as Yukon Kuza, and senior chemical engineering major kicked off the night and introduced the MCs, Scott Kahn and Cindy Lee. Yeah, so Lunar New Year is one of the biggest holidays celebrated um, in Chinese and I believe Vietnamese culture. So we follow our lunar calendar, um, which is just slightly off from the solar calendar that everyone else kind of follows. And Lunar New Year is the first day of that lunar calendar. So this year it's January 25th, um, but we're just celebrating it a little bit later. I think it's important for, especially as a minority group, to kind of just like stand together and like be strong together and have each other's back. So I think just seeing like everyone show up and kind of like very excited to come and support us for the ninth year in a row is amazing. The event was done in collaboration with the Yukon Club China Care. The club fundraises year-round to support orphan children in China and the orphanages they live in with diapers, air conditioners, and medical expenses. The club also gives adopted Chinese children a cultural community and teaches them of their cultural heritage and traditions. The president of the club was actually in the group when she was a child 20 years ago and loves that she is able to give back. Well, I think it's a chance for them to celebrate a holiday that they might normally not be able to celebrate here at UConn, especially for students that live far away from home. This is kind of like a chance for them to celebrate something that's meaningful for them, to them and might not be available um, on UConn's day-to-day -day, like, campus life. According to Brian Zing, co-president of the Vietnamese Student Association, both associations had been planning for the event since August. Uh, we do use notes from previous years, so it gets better and better each year. Uh, I have a lot of history with this event. It's actually my ninth one personally. I used to come here as a kid to perform, and once I came to UConn, I started getting involved in the planning. It means a lot to the Asian community on campus because Lunar New Year in Asia is one of the most important holidays in Vietnam, China, and a number of other countries. And we're not often given a chance to celebrate it. You know, we don't get school off. Over there, you know, our families get like a week or two off of like work and school. So it's nice to be able to come here together and celebrate something we have in common. The performances were kicked off by Yukon Taiko Drum Group. They used traditional drums to wow the crowd with strong beats and powerful energy. Lee introduced the celebrations and explained this year's zodiac, the rat, which is the first animal in the zodiac and a symbol of wealth. The introductions were done in English and then translated in both Vietnamese and Chinese. To end the show, students from both associations dressed in traditional Chinese and Vietnamese clothing and put on a fashion show. Senior Raven Simpompakti is a member of Lambda Phi Epsilon, an Asian interest fraternity, and walked the fashion show with his partner, Jasmine Boomenglog. Uh, tonight, I participated in the Lunar New Year fashion show. So pretty much we had um, multiple partners go up on stage wearing traditional, either Chinese or Vietnamese uh, formal wear. Um, so a lot of families uh, volunteered and like had their kids like traditional wear that they had in their own homes bring them to pretty much all of our rehearsals so it was a lot of families like of students that contributed to the outfits it's really awesome to kind of have this sense of community here at UConn um, especially because when you are Asian it kind of feels like you are alone sometimes so 
really having this recognition, especially such a big event like Lunar New Year, um, it was really nice to have the numbers and really see the people come out and support. For WHUS News, I'm Alethea Kavarnos. And now for the weather. Today's weather here in stores is mostly sunny with a high near 37. Tonight will be partly cloudy with a low around 22. Saturday will be a little bit chillier, mostly sunny with a high near 32, reaching around 17 at night. The Yukon Archives present In a Manner of Speaking, an evening celebrating Discourse in the Archives, Wednesday, April 24, 2019, from 6 to 8 p.m. Located at the Thomas J. Dodd Research Center, the Archives Open House will engage viewers with a presentation of the nuances of discourse through written, oral, and visual materials. This event will provide a snapshot focused on various modes of expression preserved in the Yukon Libraries, Archives, and Special Collections. For more information, contact archives at yukon.edu. You're listening to 91.7 WHUS Stores. joined by a few guests today, but before we go on, I just want to acknowledge that from this point forward, the views and opinions expressed on this WHUS News Department show are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily the views of the staff, management, or licensee of WHUS Radio or the University of Connecticut. So today I'm here with Casey and Maya, um, and we're going to be talking a little bit about National Eating Disorder Awareness Week um, and the events going on around campus. Um, so I'm just going to have you guys introduce yourselves, um, so go ahead. Hi, my name is Casey Macedo. I am a member of the Mental Health and Wellness Subcommittee, which is under the Student Services Committee of Undergraduate Student Government. My name is Maya Smith. I am the intern for SHAPE. Um, SHAPE stands for Students Helping to Achieve Positive Team, and it's a peer education group run through Yukon uh, Student Health and Wellness and the Nutrition Department. Um, so it is National Eating Disorders Awareness Week, and there's been some events that already happened on campus that are happening. Um, last night I went to the self-acceptance jars making. That was really fun. Um, so, Casey, if you just want to kind of describe what happened and um, who was behind that, go ahead. Yeah, so um, I initially came up with the idea. I wanted to have an event initially centered around just body acceptance. However, it expanded into just overall self-acceptance, being that... There are so many variables that go into how you perceive yourself. Mm -hmm. And I've actually gone to UConn Nutrition and they helped me with my own body acceptance. So I reached out to UConn Nutrition and how I could best put forth the idea of self-acceptance into having an event that would be interactive and people could take something away from it. And then Amy of UConn Nutrition um, connected me with Maya of Shape and we kind of collaborated on the idea together. Great. Um, and I don't know if either of you um, know, but what are some of the other events that are going on this week? Um, 
for National Eating Disorders. So um, during this entire week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, there was tabling in the union. Mm -hmm. um, so SHAPE, Active Minds, and the Women's Center uh, collaborate, collaborated together to do the tabling. And we had activities. We had resources from um, the National Eating Disorder Association website. Um, we had the resources at UConn. And we had like signs and symptoms just to like spread awareness about mm -hmm. just in general um, eating disorders and um, where someone can get help or where a friend could get help. Um, we also um, have tonight at six o'clock, um, we have the Walden panel, which is something that Active Minds puts on every year. Um, and people from Walden Behavioral Center um, come and do a Q&A on eating disorder, um, the recovery process and the treatment process, and it's actually a really awesome event. Um, so can you give me a little bit more information about what you guys were talking about at the tabling? Yes, so um, we had two activities there. We had one where people can um, take sticky notes and put them on a mirror and say like things that they like that their body can do and things that they like about themselves. It was just That's to great. promote like um, complimenting yourself mm -hmm. and finding the good things. Yeah. And that's really important. And when recovering from eating disorders, um, it's definitely sometimes very hard to identify those things. And that was something we also um, discussed during um, the Jars of Acceptance event. Mm -hmm. And there was also a trash your insecurities activity where people could like write down something they maybe are mm -hmm. struggling with and then like throw it in the trash can, just like a symbolic thing. Um, so for colleges especially, um, how do you think that eating disorders affect, affect um, you know, people our age differently than, you know, younger or older people who are kind of not alone, um, per se, you know, with their own age group? Because here at college, you know, we're surrounded by people who are really only our age um, constantly. Um, so why do you think it's important for uh, eating disorder awareness for people in college who are our age? Um, well, personally, I think eating disorders are very prevalent in our age category, especially because of social media. Um, there's definitely a huge um, like weighing factor on all of us about how we look. Mm -hmm. um, going out, like just being in such a huge group of people the same age as us, it might feel competitive. And I feel like um, um, sometimes people like eating disorders in general get swept under the rug. Mm -hmm. It's a very stigmatized illness because it seems like it gets like oh like everyone might have problems eating disorders or like everyone's dieting like so sometimes people don't really realize the actual like effect it has on and like how dangerous it can be so it's definitely really important that we have these events during like meet a week and stuff because we're sharing with like everyone like, what eating disorders really are and like, how um you can identify them in your friends or in people around you and like where you can get help if you are struggling personally maybe you don't realize it and go ahead yeah and just to piggyback off that like the world we live in is just so obsessed with diet culture and dieting just seeing from friends family celebrities people are just always obsessed with being thin the detox teas which are like really laxatives all of these quick ways to get thin especially around spring break time I know that a lot of people are trying to like cram in these last few like mm -hmm. pounds to lose but it's like the cost of I feel that of your like physical health and also mental health you may not feel it in that moment but things can just pile up without you even realizing it and before you even know it you could have an eating disorder yeah I agree 
Um, and what are some ways that, um, you know, when you were talking at the tabling uh, to identify eating disorders? Because I feel like a lot of the times people identify eating disorders based on a body image. And some people feel like, oh, well, you know, I, I know I have an eating disorder, but I don't fit this image that everyone thinks is, you know, and e- what an eating disorder looks like. So I don't want to, you know, come out and say that I need help because people might not believe me. People might not take it as seriously. Um, so what are some ways besides just, you know, the way people look that uh, you guys focus on for identifying eating well, disorders? Well, um, people with eating disorders oftentimes are very isolating. Um, it's um, something that makes you feel like maybe um, uh, people might not understand you. It might be something you want to hide from other people. So a lot of times with people are starting to have eating disorder behavior or they'll probably be more closed off. Um, they'll probably avoid going out to eat with you. They'll probably avoid being in like any type of public setting eating. It might just like changes in their social behavior are often a huge component. Um, body, like how someone's body looks is definitely not an indicator of eating disorders because people of any size can have an eating disorder. There's so many different eating disorders. Like. You can't just say like, oh, this person is so skinny, they must have an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a huge stigma that people are trying, or like at least at like student health and wellness and stuff, we're trying to like explain and share with people is like, you can't just look at someone and be like, oh. They have an eating disorder. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely way deeper than that. And a lot of times eating disorders also come with um, other mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. It's really common to be with like anxiety or depression related illnesses just because it um, is kind of be like a control kind of situation. Yeah, and going off of what you said with like social behaviors, like listening to how people talk about their weight or what they're eating or what even other people are eating, like extreme calorie counting, being hesitant to eat something, like lots of like social things, like if they are out to a meal with you, seeing how they act around the food and how they speak around it, it's also a big indicator. And what you were saying, yeah, the typical like... I guess image people think about when they think of eating disorders are typically white affluent females and that's just not it and that's just so harmful to think that there is a certain image like if you are of a certain weight that doesn't mean that you are more prone or less prone to an eating disorder certain age any type of group you are just they don't discriminate and often um, men are usually not included when people think about eating disorders Mm -hmm. and um, I had just read today, actually, that like there's 30 million people about that have eating disorders in the United States, and 10 million of them are men. Wow. And that's a huge percentage of people don't even know. Yeah. And that's just like with reported data. Yeah, that's as just well, reported with data. People who are so. seeking help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I feel like sometimes I can maybe not identify exactly that you know people that I know have an eating disorder, but you can kind of pick up, like you were saying, with like the social behaviors. But um, if they're people that you're close with, sometimes bringing it up is really difficult to do. So what do you guys think are some of the ways you can bring it up to, you know, them or people that they're close with? Um, It's definitely something you do have to be careful about Mm -hmm. because you don't want to scare someone into thinking, like, I can't tell this person something. So what we have talked about a lot in Shape because we do discuss, like, how to deal with a situation where someone's like, hi, my friend has an eating disorder. What should I do? Um, it's definitely a good idea to start with bringing it up with them, like not in like an attacking way, but just in like a concerned way and just be like, Hey, like I've noticed like some stuff's going on. Like, 
Um, do you want to talk about it with me? Because you can't make someone recover from an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. That is definitely something that someone has to be ready to do on their own just because you have to face food every day. So it's something that like has to kind of like build up. But as soon as you bring attention to it, it kind of makes the person realize that what they're doing might be dangerous to themselves. It might be like it's obvious to other people that something might be wrong. So definitely like starting just like bringing it up and like making it into like a conversation. Casual conversation. Yeah. And definitely being careful, as you said, to just state kind of your observations, not putting a label on it, especially Mm -hmm. if the person hasn't themselves accepted that they do have an eating disorder that Mm -hmm. could be very attacking to hear that coming from someone Mm -hmm. and I think that the best thing you can do as you were kind of mentioning is just to be supportive for them so you can't make them recover just knowing that they have your support can mean a lot even if they aren't willing to accept that they have issues if they do get to if and when they do get to that point they'll be able to know that you were there for them. And you were saying that, you know, you can't make anybody recover. And I feel like at the same time, it's difficult to make, you know, to help yourself recover. And there's so many times where you go back on um, habits that you've tried so hard to kick. um, Or, you know, you feel like you've finally gotten to where you want. And, you know, sometimes you can't just, you just can't control um, relapsing and picking up the eating disorder habits. So what... What kind of things um, do you think people who are struggling with eating disorders should remember as they're going through tough times with, you know, trying to keep on track and trying to continue um, with their recovery? I think something that is extremely powerful is knowing that progress is not linear. Mm -hmm. No matter how many days you've gone without doing a certain behavior or thinking a certain way, doing whatever the behavior is or action, if you do slip up or even relapse, that's still part of your recovery. Just a down in the in your line of success does not mean it's a failure. So just keeping that in mind. Yeah, and going off of that, like, um, like I've said it before, like it's something you do have to face every day. So it's different from a lot of other mental illnesses or addictions. Is that you have to eat. Like, (laughs) to survive. You have to. You don't have a choice. You need to. So because of that, it's it's a really hard. The recovery process is very hard for people to readjust back to normal eating habits and being comfortable eating um, with other people and eating foods that they maybe have been avoiding, reintroducing Mm -hmm. those new foods. And um, so it's definitely... um, there's a lot of slip-ups that can happen and relapse is really common but like you have to just keep that mindset that like you just because you something happened that maybe you didn't want to happen like doesn't mean that it's all gone and all your progress is gone and kind of that whole this whole conversation is played a big role in planning this event of just being able to accept yourself mm-hmm. say you do have an eating disorder and you're relapsing or you're not at the best place that you consider yourself that you could be. Mm -hmm. It's being able to accept that you are trying your best or I accept that I do want to recover. Accepting yourself at all stages. Exactly. That's very important in recovery for your entire life. Yeah. Um, So you talked about like this conversation, I mean, that we're having right now and the conversation on campus. Um, So what do you guys hope to see over the years, maybe once you guys leave, um, not even just on this campus overall? Um, about the conversation of eating disorders because I feel like 
today it's becoming more of a conversation um but it's still not where it needs to be it's not as openly talked about like you said with men who don't come forward with eating disorders so what are some things that you guys hope to see um i really hope that the um general stigma and ideas of eating disorders start to change um i feel like um there has definitely been progress i've seen a lot more um things on the media about celebrities coming out and saying that they had eating disorders like while they were like considered in the prime of their careers or when they started becoming famous and I think that um, having a better understanding of like what might cause eating disorders and like why people have eating disorders and what they really mean like is something that's really important for people to start learning about and that's why we have to have these like acceptance weeks or like so people or acceptance weeks um awareness week so people understand like what eating disorders are mm -hmm. and like how serious they are yeah i think eating disorders in the larger conversation about mental health and mental illnesses it's definitely one of the more stigmatized mental illnesses mm -hmm. and i think a way to fight that is by talking about it more by talking about warning signs people's personal stories that's that can be very uncomfortable to talk about so i think that's also a reason why people don't talk about it, and then given the stigma, lessens people's likelihood to talk about it. But as celebrities are feeling more comfortable to talk about it, people are feeling more comfortable to talk about it. Also, like in like as I mentioned before, we live in such a diet culture that idolizes thinness. Mm -hmm. It's like finding other things that make people great. Yeah, complimenting someone's weight that is like you know maybe they are thin that reinforces if they are they do have an eating disorder that reinforces yeah. a reason why they may be continuing it so just finding other ways to compliment people like that's something that's mm -hmm. so important complimenting their personality or other features of themselves it doesn't always have to be about their weight but with that like media needs to change as well like kardashians who are promoting these detox teas that are harmful for your body and like are very much involved in people who have eating disorders that needs to stop as well yeah i feel like when it comes to eating disorders not just awareness of the eating disorders themselves but of nutrition in general and Absolutely. what you know our body needs because it's not always about what our body needs to look right it's what our body needs to be healthy and to mm -hmm. live properly um the yukon nutrition department um their dietitians heavily promote health at every size yeah so at any body size people can be healthy and I think that people um, there's also like a craze of people being like super athletic and super built and super healthy and the people might look at those people on social media and be like those people are healthy but so many other people could be like exercising every day eating really well and maybe they don't look like that ideal of a healthy person but they are just as healthy as like me or you so like that is something that is really important that a lot of nutritionists and dietitians are really focusing on when they consult people, not like lose weight, but like eat better, put better food in your body, take care of yourself. And someone who could essentially look, in air quotes, look healthy may not be the healthiest. Like we cannot see what's going on inside your body. And I think labeling foods as good and bad is like the first, like stop stop labeling foods as good and bad is a good first step to doing that it's like your body needs food to live your body is not looking at food and saying oh that's going to be bad for me like that's just what society labels food as mm -hmm. you can eat food and be healthy and you can eat carbs and be healthy yeah. you shouldn't be restricting food groups because 
that's there's a reason why they exist and it's because your body needs them yeah. um so you're saying that the nutrition department here at UConn um, promotes health at all sizes um, so what are some ways that students here on campus can uh, get access to help for uh, eating disorders or any type of nutritional needs um, so for nutritional needs uh, student health and wellness has um, a bunch of dietitians available um, I know that it's really easy to get an appointment with them um, so you can definitely just like call um, the health student health and wellness and make an appointment um, um, for eating disorders in general, um, it's often recommended that you see a therapist, a dietitian, as well as a physician, mm -hmm. just because um, the physical and mental aspects are just as important as the nutrition when dealing with eating disorders. You want to hit like all those areas, um, especially when you're recovering. Um, but yeah, we have all of those resources available. You can go from any of those sources. Like you can call the nutrition department and be like, I would like um, a, to consult about eating concerns. And you can get contacts with any other type of um, therapist or doctor through that. Yeah, and also the first appointment at UConn Nutrition, I believe, is free. 30-minute oh, wow. appointment. That's so great. it's great to just get in, talk to someone, mm -hmm. then examine what further steps you may need. Well, uh, Casey and Maya, thank you so much for being here and talking with me. Um, it's been my pleasure. Um, and I just want to thank you all for listening in today. A thank you to The Daily Campus and UCTV for collaborating with us. Uh, and a thank you to Ethan Smith, the creator of our theme music. I've been your host, Sophia Scorziello, and you're listening to WHUS Stores 91.7 FM. Have a great week. <laughs>